Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. And we are back once again with the Pro Wrestling Spotlight presents True Hill Heat 77. On this edition of True Hill Heat, we will be discussing the social injustice and how it's bled into our world of professional wrestling. Should Nia Jax be sent back to developmental? Week 33 of the Wednesday Night War, and we will preview NXT TakeOver in your house. As usual, I am joined by the resident True Hill alcoholic, Top Guy JJ. Yo! Yeah, this is already, I already feel about this one here. I I feel something, I feel something different about this one here coming up. Something different. (laughs) And he's got the goat in his background. This is a person that has been a big part of the True Hills team behind the scenes, behind the camera. But this is his first time in front of the camera. A very talented individual. You've probably seen his artwork online or at your local convention. Or when you went to visit your favorite WWE superstar, he was probably drooling over this man's work. This is none other than Heel Marrero. Josh, what's going on? True Heel Josh is here. Hey, how's it going? What's, what's up, going brother? On, good brother. Yeah. What's up, don't brother? Do <laughs> good to finally, finally, after like damn near 100 episodes, to finally have you on this bitch. <laughs> We are we are very happy to finally welcome Josh to the show. We want to first of all, before we get into anything, a lot of things are happening around the world, and we just want to let uh, you know to send our condolences, our prayers, our thoughts to the family and friends of George Floyd. As you probably already know about the tragic incident with him involving the police out in Minnesota, in uh, Minneapolis. We won't get too much into that, but we just want to send our thoughts and condolences and prayers to them. But we will be talking about how the social injustice and racism has bled over into professional wrestling very shortly. But first, we want to tell you a quick reminder, if you enjoy True Hill Heat, if you enjoy our content right here, push that like button, show your support for True Hill Heat, and of course, the iCard down at the bottom, you can push the subscribe button and push the bell to stay notified for all the great content right here on True Hill Heat. So, First of all, for you, the viewers, we got to do our True Heel Roll Call. This is where we shout out everyone that's contributing to our YouTube channel, to the Facebook and IG and Twitter pages. Everyone showing support to the True Heels. We want to show you our love. This is the True Heel Roll Call where we do that. First of all, our top three conversation starters, the True Hill Trinity. Our New Japan aficionado, James Wims, comes in at number three again. Coming in at number two is the co-host of True Rewind. And he will be the co-host of a brand new show, which we'll talk about at the end of this edition of True Hill Heat. It is Mr. Romeo Anthony Colon. And coming in at number one again, he is highly motivated after JJ called him out. It's the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. That's right, brother. (laughs) You keep that elite status going, man. You stay at that number one spot, bro. As always. A couple of of True Hills. We got a shout out, Rashawn Hunt. We also got a shout out from behind the barricade, Rodney Harris, Josh Mitchell, uh, Gil Rodriguez, Michael Welsh, and Charlie Layton. Our YouTube subscriber highlight, we got a shout out, the Wrestling Lowdown Show, who's been very supportive to our True Hills uh, YouTube channel for the past couple of weeks. He's been commenting on everything, so definitely want to shout him out. And our good friend, Yari, the, the queen of Romeo's life.
wife, she finally got a YouTube to subscribe to True Hill Heat. So shouts out to her as well. Josh, you got any words for Yari? Not at all. No comment. <laughs> I figured so. So first of all, Drew Hill, he we got to go through what we missed. What we missed was Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, Friday Night SmackDown had a couple of different things happen. Uh, we had Daniel Bryan move on in the IC title tournament to meet AJ Styles in the finals, as well as the official announcement that Matt Riddle is coming to SmackDown. But I think the topic of discussion that everyone is talking about is the infamous Jeff Hardy, Sheamus angle that started off Friday Night Smackdown, we started off Friday Night Smackdown with a vehicle parked on the side of the road and Elias knocked out unconscious and we were told that Elias was struck with the car. Then we found Jeff Hardy in the bushes smelling like alcohol according to the WWE officials and the police and he was arrested for the uh, for being the assailant that ran down Elias. As the show went on, we were discovered it kind of seemingly felt like Jeff Hardy was framed but this one has gotten a lot of heat online from professional wrestling fans pretty much it uh, a lot of fans feel that it has exploited the real life addiction of Jeff Hardy so Josh we'll start off with you what was your thoughts on this particular angle um i mean to be honest with you um i i could see why a lot of people will have issues with it just because of Jeff Jeff Hardy's um background I mean, usually, sometimes in wrestling, they tend to use real-life situations. Um, I don't think it was the right time to do it, to be honest with you, just because of everything that's going on. Uh, it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth, but like I said, I could see why a lot of people had issues with it. But even the way they, they, that they did it, I guess it was just... I mean, it was just goofy to, to me, to be honest with you. It just didn't look... It wasn't appealing to me. Um, you know, it's just typical WWE, you know, trying to find ways of being WWE. <laughs> That's the best way to say it. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I can see why a lot of people had issues. How about you, JJ? If this was Jeff Hardy, if this was any other wrestler outside of the name of Jeff Hardy, this angle doesn't fucking exist. Like, this is epitomizing why his brother Matt tweeted right after it i am yeah. happy to be wrestling for all elite wrestling and working for tony khan i want to reiterate that <laughs> that i am happy to be wrestling on wednesday nights and working for tony khan it is like wow they they built up this man's comeback for for how they had like what four episodes of this little this little vignettes of his comeback and then literally three weeks after that you have this whatever you want to call it with Seamus, it, it's just literally, yo, they have no creativity in that company whatsoever. And it, and it is a sad thing to just see when you have somebody you have such a resume on. You got somebody, you have so many things you can just dive into with a guy like Jeff Hardy. But yeah, let's just go dig into his immediate past and go right into his to his drunken ways, and let's see if we could touch some nerves. Let's see if we could be some heels. Let's see if we could be the WWE version of heels. And it just played out awful. Yeah, I mean, on top of that, I mean, on top of that, speaking about the tweet of Matt Hardy, when Tony when Tony Khan responded, he responded genu with a genuine answer. And I don't, I don't even think he was watching SmackDown. So he so so 
whatever was so the answer that he gave to that, his response was like you can see it was very genuine when it came to that as well. I think a lot of people, you know, they try to downplay that as well. You know, they try to say like, oh, you know, it, it was just Tony Khan kissing his ass. But I'm like, that's his employee. You know, there's a reason why they signed him because they respect his work. And that's what he, you know, that's what he was saying when it came to that. Absolutely. And Rebby Hardy was even funnier where she said she wanted to throw her TV out the window, basically watching that. And and to kind of bring up what uh, JJ said about the vignettes leading up to there, honestly, this angle made me realize that this was what it was building up to. That the whole thing, the whole skew of the vignettes were talking about his past and how he had recovered and how he had changed. And it was all leading up to an angle which bring him right back. And it's just like you, you got these group of fans that automatically just try to defend the WWE and say, oh, my God, you guys weren't saying this in 2009 when they talked about his addiction in the CM Punk angle. Now, let's take things in perspective. CM Punk brought up Jeff Hardy's past with drug addiction and his addiction in that feud in 2009. This angle pictured, basically depicted Jeff Hardy as intoxicated, said he smelled like alcohol, said he ran someone down, and basically a DUI, which he had last year. Not last year, and he had it a few times. So, so come they to the. So they bring up a Jeff Hardy. So CM Punk talks about Jeff Hardy as Jeff Hardy has. He was he was doing well at the time. So yeah. this was a story that Jeff Hardy can go back and forth with. So now they take this angle and then make him play a drunk. So he plays it. He acts as a drunk now. So this is anybody that responds to this in defense of WWE. I know who y'all all are going to support in 2020. No. We'll get to that as well, but also what we missed. <laughs> oh, we missed out on Monday Night Raw. We had uh, the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, host Rey Mysterio's retirement ceremony. We also heard from Rey Mysterio and a tease of Dominic coming into uh, Monday Night Raw. And we also saw the return of Raw Talk. Of course, that's not the main subject that everybody's talking about from Monday Night Raw, but we will get to that in top news but first on top news we have to talk about the main subject right now that's going on around the world and it has bled over into professional wrestling world it's the fight for injustice uh the social injustice around the world due to what happened to george floyd like we talked about at the beginning over the past week the climate around the world specifically here in america has been very very tense uh, due to the unlawful murder of George Floyd and the increasing amount of protests in response of this. Several professional wrestlers have spoken out with uh, about this with support for the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. Even WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling have all released statements in regards to the fight for social uh, justice as well as diversity. However, on the other end of the spectrum, we have uh, seen like looters. We've seen violent acts in these protests. Uh, we've, as well as the president of the United States and WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump, seemingly fanning the flames of this whole situation around the world, which brings us to probably the most talked about and uh, public statement from WWE superstar Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons, who sent out a tweet on Monday evening stating, thankful for the president of the United States we have. God bless America. 
built on built a freedom forgotten no more. This tweet was immediately responded to by several WWE superstars, including Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Ali, most notably Kevin Owens, who had probably the best response, as well as Batista. Uh, I would I want to also mention today, uh, this morning, that we're filming this, The Rock, WWE legend The Rock, put out probably the most powerful statement of anyone from the professional wrestling world in regards to our leaders needing to step up in this time where we need to bring America together. We understand here at True Hill Heat that yes, all lives matter. We never have said that. That's what this country is built on, like The Rock has said, but all lives cannot matter until Black Lives Matter and that we fix this social injustice. So that's all I really got to say about that. And But what are your guys' thoughts on the fight for social justice and how it's really bled over into the professional wrestling world? We'll start off with our guest, Josh. What's your thought? Um, I mean, when it comes to this, um, you're always going to see support, um, in, in regards to everything. Um, I mean, I've been seeing like a lot, especially from the NDC, I've seen a lot of support from that. Um, you know, most notable, uh, Jordan Grace, she's been very vocal about it, rightfully so. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of people have been, you know, they've been really behind it. Um, for me. The down part about it is that if somebody like we like we were discussing, somebody says something wrong, they try to twist it around, they make it try to make it seem like, oh, this is not what this person stands for. Um, like with Jericho. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say that. Specifically, Chris Jericho put out a message on his Instagram basically uh with the graphic that said everybody versus racism on a couple of the comments. A lot of people were putting Black Lives Matter, and to one of the uh people that put Black Lives Matter, he responded with the hashtag all lives matter. At that uh reply was basically circularly circulated around the wrestling community, especially the internet wrestling community, and it's basically demeaned uh Chris Jericho as uh, basically uh those type of people that are in the wrong that are a part of the problem on the other hand we had randy orton who in the past on his twitch feed has said the n-word but he is now and in the past of other social injustice around the world he has also said all lives matter but he has this situation that has gone on around the world has kind of changed his perspective and now he has put out a tweet kind of uh talking about the black lives matter movement and his new perspective on it which we want to definitely you know big Big him up for that, for actually, you know, allowing this situation to change his perspective. So you could continue, Josh. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Um, I mean, in regards to what you just said about Orton, there has also been a lot of people who ha who have said that, especially in the wrestling world. Like, hey, you know, maybe they weren't they weren't aware of you know the meaning behind it because that that's what happened when it first you know when if when people were first you know mentioning Black Lives Matter. You know, it was perceived that way. It was perceived as um, only Black Lives Matter, and oh, and um, you know, over the years, you know, you start to understand what it really means. Um, so, in regards to when people use "All Lives Matter," I think what it is is that there are some people who actually use it. You know, they're not they're not trying to. You know, they're not trying to be the bad guy in the situation. Um, I think when Jericho did it. I don't think he was trying to be the bad guy in the situation. Um, I don't think it was the time to do it because you saw the backlash behind it. Um, because that, that's all that everyone saw. 
because Jericho, even after that, he did say black lives do matter as well. He did say that later on. I mean, so when it when it comes to that, it's just it's a touchy it's, it's you know it's a it's a touchy subject when it comes to that because you know you want to say how you really feel, but then you know there's always those people that you know they try to twist everything around and remind you. Recently, you know, Jericho did give a big. Apparently, he did. Uh, he donated to the family to to George Floyd's family, and it's mm -hmm. just like, you know, should you know, when it comes to people wanting to say, "Oh, I canceled Jericho and all this stuff," but that's all. That's also what I see as well. I see a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to that. Um, you know, Keith Lee spoke about it. Keith Lee said, "All lives matter." Being you know African American, and apparently a lot of people gave him passes, and what he said was pretty much what Jericho was getting at. But then a lot of people gave him passes for that. And it was just like, um, so do you pick and choose who you want to cancel out, or what is this? You know, and that's that's only that's been a down part about it. But for the most part, you know, there's been a big support behind it. You know, even 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 some of that we know, Joe Morales, he's been very big on that. Because, yes. because running Battle Club Pro, you know, we're a brand, you know, something that I'm part of as well, that we're a brand that we're accepted for everybody, every, you know, any color, any race, any gender, we're always open to that. So I could see why, you know, it's, you know, it's really hit home for him as well. Absolutely. JJ, what was your thoughts on everything that's been going on, all the the tweets and public statements from everybody in regards to wrestling in regards to this topic. Uh, I mean, all right. So here, the, the funny thing about recording this is that this is kind of fancy territory because, you know, there's going to be people listening for excerpts or people listening for certain things, but I'm going to speak how I feel. I'm going to speak how this has been going through and causing. First of all, I have to thank, I have to be so grateful to have been in the era living with somebody like The Rock. Like, like that, the message that he, like, his exact message of where are you? Where is our leader? And it's literally, it, it, and it's like a cry for help again. And it's, there's a thing that a lot of the people in the wrestling community, whether they're mostly, if it's white or black, or they've not been in a minority, or haven't been they haven't experienced what it's like for racial inequality. They haven't experienced it. So there's a lot of, as what Josh was saying, when you have somebody like Chris Jericho, that's probably a novice that has no idea what racial inequality is like. And I can't blame him for that because he wasn't born to deal with those, obviously. But then we have somebody like Keith Lee that says the exact same thing. And my opinion is that neither guy was wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's like we vilify Chris Jericho and then we're trying to explain the reasons why Keith Lee said it. It's like you can't have a double standard when it comes to this. This has to be a standard where it's like we're, we need to be willing to teach the uninformed and we need to support the educated because there's a lot of people that is uneducated and uninformed and doesn't even have the feeling that we get when this stuff goes down. So when you have somebody like Jericho, Jericho's trying to help. Chris Jericho is trying to help, but he he's he's not he's not a pro at this. 
And then you have other people that's from the from the Caucasian community that is also trying to help, but they're not they're not pros at it. So it's like if they send out the wrong tweet, if they send out something wrong, it's like we're ready to crucify them. But if one of our own does the exact same thing, we're trying to figure out ways to see why he's right. Like it, it's just wrong. And listen, we are all for this, man. Like, like we are in a position where it's like, what is it going to take? What is it going to take for us to be heard? What measure do we have to take for this stuff to be heard? And whether it's protesting, whether it's whatever, you know, I, the, the, the looting thing, I don't, I don't, I never down for it at all. I don't care about the looting because the looting is like you're terrorizing where you eat. Like we eat here. We live here. We sleep here. Our families are here. And you just destroyed it. Now you're just costing so many people this stuff. But, but when it comes to the communities, Chris Jericho, the Keith Lee's, and Jackson Riker. I'm not even going to get into the Jackson Riker thing because we already know where we already know where that stands with the Jackson Riker thing. That's just clearly uninformed. But it's like yeah. you have uneducated people, and then you have people like Drew Brees. Oh, <laughs> Drew Brees is the epitome of what's wrong with people with public faces that has powerful platforms and has no idea how to fuck to use them. And he, he used it and we heard his true colors. We heard his true, we heard his true. He literally just dismissed everything that was being educated to him. And I think, and what I think is that the only person that he heard during all of the rebuttals and all the replies is Aaron Rodgers. Mm hmm. And I think that's where the bigger problem is, because you got all of these brothers and sisters really trying to explain to you where you went wrong. But I think the only one that resonated was Aaron Rodgers. Sadly, sadly, I think you're right. And like that, that goes into like everything because we had uh, the Fox News reporter who when uh, when Kevin Durant and LeBron James came out and uh, had their statements about the president of the United States, this Fox News reporter told them to shut up and dribble. Now, when Drew Brees puts his foot in his mouth about uh, not really getting the point of the, the protest of kneeling that went on years ago in the NFL and said that it disrespected the flag, she says that he's entitled to his opinion. So it, it goes way beyond just us fans. It's any public figure. They, it's, it's not about canceling anybody. That was the best thing that you said so far, JJ, honestly, because it's not about canceling anybody. When Chris Jericho put out his tweet, Josh can confirm. Like, I showed him. I sent out a reply to him, and I told him. I Respect everything you have done in professional wrestling. I feel like you are one of the true icons of this business. But you are you are terribly uninformed with that with the that message that you put out, with that reply that you put out. Because all lives cannot matter until Black Lives Matter. Until people like you stand up and say that Black Lives Matter and that we need to stop this racism, we need to stop the social injustice. We're not going to get anywhere. And it's not about canceling him. There's no reason to cancel him because you did not get the point of his post in the beginning. His post was about peace and love and everybody against racism. So he had the right point behind what he was saying. He just got he just got all incafuddled in this whole situation from a reply. So it's really it's really bad that they, they that went that way because 
people like Jackson Riker are the people that we all need to focus on and educate because this man, this man, and not only because it was, it's one thing to have that opinion, but to then use your, your wrestling catchphrase in, in that tweet and, 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 and it kind of muddies the water in between of, are you putting out a message that you actually believe in? Or are you trying to get heat from us as professional wrestling fans? Like, and that, then, yeah, I right. mean, and top of that, so I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, on top of that, you know, people were trying to say, oh, you know, that was cheap heat. Honestly speaking, I think it was something that he actually really means because they, there was a there was there was a status from years ago where mm-hmm. he was against Black Lives Matter. Last year, and, June June tenth, two thousand nineteen, was the date on that status. Yes, and he like went hard. It wasn't like a simple like, it wasn't like uh I don't know about like it. He went hard. Like he spoke his opinion on it. So I think when it came to what he tweeted, I think it was something he really means. And it's just like there's no other way to put it. There's no not only no other way to put it, but I think that's unfortunately there's people like him that it just it shouldn't sh- shouldn't be on social media. If that's how you really feel. Actually, I'm going to kind of disagree with you. I think he should be on social media because he's exposing with what's wrong with America. So like, I, I think that us getting the education of how disingenuous he is when it comes to all of this. And clearly his beliefs are in a whole nother stratosphere. Like I get on Drew Brees and we all get on him because he stood for something and he made it personal to himself. So he made it. But when you are out there and you're sitting there and you're going to commend one of the worst people in our culture, in our economic time, and stand by that and give this long message about it, this is what you believe. This is your belief. There's nobody that's going to be able to sway you out of this. There's nobody that's going to be able to change your mind. This is who the fuck you are. And those people are the ones that you should be looking at for cancellation. You know, and even on top of that, what makes it worse is that he's in the stable. So now he's putting like his, you know, he's putting his, his um, his own crew in here. And that's that's why why I commend Cutler and Blake for making their public statements as well in reply to that. Yeah, which, yeah, absolutely. Something that, yeah, because which sucks because like it's something that you know, he, unfortunate he dragged them into it, you know, not purposely, but it's like now you're putting your partners in the situation, and it's like it's not right because because what if this is not how they feel? Now you're trying to completely not, not, now you're in the situation even more. You're making it worse because completely these are people selfish. that you have to see every day. You have to see every day, and like that's just how you feel. Now they're gonna look at you different because of that. Yeah, and that's very pretty much what Ali said in his response to to Jackson Riker. He was like, "Now I know where you stand." Like he was like, "I'm totally good." Because Ali's been one of the people that like has made a stand on this way before this situation has even started. He's a former cop in Chicago. He stands for this whole social justice. So uh, it's 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 very it's very much, you know. 
we we like to talk about fun things here on on True Hill Heat. We like to like pick you guys up, but it's something that we had to talk about because it's so prevalent in the professional wrestling world right now, and it's something that every point of contention is talking about. Last night on Dynamite, we had the whole start to the show with the Black Lives Matter graphic, and that was big because WWE put out a statement about that. But when you put out a statement. You're going to get questioned on other things. Our good friend AJ Kirsch, which we just did, True True Heels BTR, he's called them out many of times. And this is a person that has worked for WWE in the past. And he says, if you're going to stand by this tweet that you just put out, you need to remove Donald Trump from the Hall of Fame. You need to remove Hulk Hogan back from the Hall of Fame because you removed him and then brought him back. When And then you have the wrestling fans out there like, Hulk Hogan apologized. No, he apologized for getting caught. He did not apologize for what he said. Yes, that's true. He, he yeah, he apologized for getting caught. He never apologized for the comments he made. But then, not only on top of that, but then even his, his what, his ex-wife? Yes. Like, tweet that she made was like oh my god like you see where that comes from like you see where how hulk hogan what he said years ago now you see like okay it's just not him that makes it even like even more like holy holy shit like where do we go from here now like and that's and that's why i commend tony khan for just making it public like i banned hulk hogan from from aew events and now you you're also banned from aew events and i and i and i think that that's also that brings it also into what fans are going to question as well because when you got tony khan speaking up about this they're going to bring up chad khan don donating money to donald trump's uh you know re-election which yeah, I'm not you know, I'm not saying I agree with at all. But at the end of the day, Shad Khan is a minority. So he does get what we're what, what's going on here. So he may not he may not put his money in the right place, but I cannot say he does not understand what's going on in the world. Yeah, and and, and on top of that, it was it was something from three years ago. And it's just like what what does this prove? Like and it's something from his dad. Not only not only his dad. But if they're Republican, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Because I, I said that I said exactly that to someone in response because someone put that. And I was like, I, I, I totally agree with y'all for being angry at Sean Khan for this. But are y'all angry at Shane and Stephanie for things that Vince does? You can't you can't you can't penalize the son or the daughter for the sins of the father. Like, that's what was my main point there. JJ, what you what else you got to say about this whole thing? <sighs> goodness gracious man i mean it, it's it's kind of in, sometimes like these topics are a little embarrassing because it, it's come on like you're really you're really you're digging deep you're digging really really deep to to penalize a man for wait sorry had to had to cut that real quick sorry <laughs> So you're going to really go ahead and penalize a, a, a man for somebody else's actions? And he clearly made his actions very strong and very upfront. And so what he did and his actions to the wrestling community, like when you like to say that, that you literally banded the biggest name in professional wrestling to ever come to one of any of your events or to be affiliated with you guys gets it. And even if he doesn't fully get it, even if he's being advised, he's taken the proper advisements. So we get a snapshot 
uh, our publicist wrote Instagram post from WWE. Where's their backlash? Where like what 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 is it that's gonna happen with them? Like because that, that was the first thing I'm looking for. Like where the fuck is the WWE in all of this? The WWE and to me is like in the same boat as the NFL. The NFL literally just put out a statement like five five minutes before we went on air. So I was literally about to blast that shit. But literally five minutes before we went on air, they put out a statement. And that was actually even more heartfelt than the, than the shit that the WWE put out. Because it, it, it's like it's so staged, it's so programmed. And what, what do the, what do the, the wrestlers that is working there, what do the ricochets, what do the, the Ali's, what does New Day, what does Apollo Crews, what, what do all of these guys... The Naomi's, like how many, everybody else, the Nia Jack, like I'm probably going to miss somebody out of this rant. What are they feeling out of all of this? Like they only got a snippet of a tweet and, and, and it was, that's it. Like that, that's all where, that's all the, the support that we're going to feel when we have to go through this on a daily basis. It clearly just shows where the favoritism is at. And where the lack of attention is at and where more attention needs to go to, because you really need to be checking a company like a, a multi-billion dollar company like the World Wrestling Entertainment. It really needs to understand, like, do y'all even have a feeling of touch of what is going on in your community right now, do, in, in, in the black community right now? Do you even know what's going on there? Did you just get that off Google and just post that and just say and just put your stamp under it? Because it, it, it was embarrassing to read. Like, if anybody reads that tweet, that w, it was it was like, what the hell is this? And the one thing that I think was missing from that whole tweet, and I think I, I mentioned it to Josh before we went on air, uh, when, when that tweet came out a couple of days ago, it did not say Black Lives Matter. It made sure that that did not... <laughs> That, that those words were not in that statement, was not in that statement at all. And I think that was the most glaring, like, mis omission from that statement. Yes, and then even, um, even some of the fans, you know, some of the fans who claim that WWE, you know, they don't treat their black talents, um, you know, they don't treat them right, they don't treat them properly, you know, they gave them a pass. You know, they're writing black excellence, black lives matter. Like, they write it to themselves, but it's just like, okay. You know, for years, you, you know, a lot of you have complained that th this company is racist, but yet you're still supporting it. And like, you know, this is where I think even fans, they need to start taking, you know, they need to start actually doing something. You know, if this is, you know, if this is how you really feel about this company, then boycott the company. You know, if, if you know, if you're out saying that you boycotted the NFL because of how they treated Kaepernick, you know, there's people, you know, there's different opinions on that. But if you go out your way and say, hey, I stopped supporting the NFL because of this, but then yet you don't do it for something else, then it's like, it, it goes back to, like, like I said, it goes back to the hypocrisy that you see. It's like, it's pick and choose. And it's just like, if this is something that you truly stand for, then you, you need to keep that same energy everywhere. It, and I'm a, I'm gonna I'm kind of jump in there a little bit real quick. Um, that is, it, I 100% agree with you, but it is extremely difficult to have that same energy in this culture, because look at somebody like Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick took his bold statement and what he felt and put it on the platform and got boycotted 
for the past four years. Now, four years later, he looks like a symbol of excellence. But it took four fucking years for it to happen. So it's like you're probably hopefully going to get rewarded for your actions if you decide to take them. But who is going to join you during that time? So like it's like if you got people like the New Day, like the New Day would be the first ones that I would look at and say, like, this is your moment to really grab this by the horns and say, we we need to stand up for what is right for us. And they we know they want to do it. We know God did. We know they want to do it. How many people are going to follow them? And if they're out there on a whim by themselves, then what they're out there by themselves, then what happens? What happens now? What happens after that? That's going to put everybody in a pickle. So it's really a matter of how much bravery are you willing to have to stand up on the platform that you have to make such a big statement? Because this is a cultural moving statement. Like, this is something that will change the world. But you got to have it in you to do it. And that is a lot to ask. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to mention that, you know, we can we can talk we talking a lot about like the Black Lives Matter movement. I just want to commend how many like white young white people I am seeing protesting, getting involved in this. Like that's the stuff that really like makes my heart really grow because like it it's it shows that this next generation is in a lot better condition than even our generation that we're in right now is in because they are coming out, they are making that stand, even though they don't, they, they, and in in a lot of their statements, they're saying, we don't understand what you're going through, but we're going to stand with you. And that means so, so much. So if we can give one message to everyone watching this as professional wrestling fans, we need to stop racism outside of the professional wrestling world and then in the professional wrestling world. The fight doesn't stop right here. It doesn't stop with Absolutely this situation. Not. If you have a prom- if you're a wrestler watching this, if you have a promoter you feel is racist, you need to let that be known. You need to air that out. We need to educate. We need to point out the people that are not a part of this movement and we need to get them out and j- bring people in and bring us all together. That's what the whole point of this should be about. And, and you know what? And I'm not going to I'm going to say this. And obviously, this is True Hill Heat. This is a wrestling podcast. And we usually are at each other's throats. And this is something that clearly I am not sorry for, because this is something that we all as brothers need to stand together with and really get our we don't have the biggest platform as if, as everybody else does. But we have something to share. We have a voice to share. We have something to get out there. And it is a privilege to be able to do it with both of you guys. I swear to God, I wish baby girl Chrissy was here. But she is definitely, definitely, I love you, girl, because you are doing what is right. And I support you 100%. I just hope you stay safe. But I completely support the reason you're not on today's podcast and I adore you for it. And I can't wait to see you next time. Chrissy is on the front line protesting along with a lot of people out there. So we want to send our, uh, thank you so much, Chrissy, because you show you're showing the the type of person you are by being out there. So we commend you for that. So we spent a lot of time talking about the racism and social injustice and how it bled over into the world of professional wrestling. So now we got to focus back on the wrestling world. In particular, what happened on Monday Night Raw? 
Yes, we're going to answer the question, should Nia Jax go back to developmental? On this week's Monday Night Raw, Nia Jax went one-on-one with Kyrie Sane. We mentioned this on True, True Hill Heat 76, uh, that this was a tape matchup and that the rumors were that Kyrie was hurt during the matchup, but it was not Nia Jax's fault. Then we saw the match. In said match, Nia takes uh, Kyrie out of the ring and is supposed to Irish whip her into the steel steps. However, Nia does not give Kyrie a chance to get her feet under her and throws her from a very short distance, which causes Kyrie to go head first into the steel steps. Very nasty if you saw it. As of note, WWE also has officially added the Buckle Bomb, which Jax used and almost hurt Kyrie in a previous matchup to their banned move list. So what was your guys' reaction upon seeing the spot in question? Let's start off with our guest, Josh. Um, yeah, uh, I wasn't surprised by it. By it. Um, it's getting, for me, like I said before, um, it's getting to the point that I'm like, I feel like she shouldn't be wrestling anymore because it's like you, you've been, you know, you've been in the industry for what going on five years, you know, you learn, you know, you started in WWE, like her, her, her entire time has pretty much been in WWE. And it's like the basics, she's not even getting the basics, right? You know, the whole point of, you know, when you're in a match, you're supposed to be protecting your opponent. And there's already been too many incidents where she's just hurting people. And it's just like, it's not like a little, you know, it's not like a little nickname. It's like really bad, serious incidents that it's like, it's getting to the point. It's just like, even even if they send her back down to the, like, is she's going to learn from it? And I feel like she's not because it's just, I, you know, she's not doing it purposely, but not everyone could be, could be a wrestler. And it's just, for me, it's, it's proving time and time and again. That is going back to the same thing. She's gonna end up hurting somebody really serious to the point that she even paralyzed somebody. And it's just, you know, what can you say to that at this point? And I feel like with WWE, what I don't personally like that they do is that they kind of cover it up. Like they're trying to find different ways to cover it up. You know, like the whole Becky thing, when she punched Becky Lynch in the face, you know, they try to use that as a storyline that she broke her face, but it was like, it was a real life situation that she broke Becky's nose and Becky was out for like, what, for some time because of that, Yeah, you know, um, she hurt Kyrie twice. And this, and this is recent weeks that she's already hurt her because even with the buckle bomb, you can hear Kyrie says that she's not set and then she just throws her. And it's just, you know, for me, like I said before, I don't think she should be, she shouldn't be wrestling. I mean, if this is the end result to everything, she should not be wrestling at all. How about you, JJ? I think Nia Jax is trying way too hard to be unique. And when you're in her cases, like she's a bigger and a stronger performer than pretty much all the females that she's going to be in the ring with. So why can't she just use the basic ring surroundings to show your dominance? Like she keeps trying to do these unique things like the buckle bomb is not made for you. Throwing somebody into steps are not made for you. You don't need those impactful moves when you already have a physical dominance over them. 
you can be the most basic wrestler and still look more powerful with basic wrestling moves. And this is what this is where it fucks up is because she could do basic leg drops, Samoan drops. She could do that, and it looks so much stronger than the average female. But she's trying to do all this extra shit. She tried to do a gorilla press slam into a Samoan drop. She tries to do a fucking super throw into steps. She tries to do this buck like these move set. The move set is not made for her. So when she's trying to do moves that is outside her move set. She is going to mishandle people all the time. You can't mishandle wrestlers, especially the women's wrestlers, because they're going to get injured a little bit faster than the men are. Oh, like, be, be, they're, they're, they're a little bit more fragile than, than the male compadre athlete. She's treating the ladies like they're men. And, 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 and it's like, yes, they're as talented, but they're not as bulky. So these things... Like, which, like, she needs to honestly go into the book of Shayna Baszler. She, Shayna Baszler is perfect because Shayna Baszler simply knows how to use her surroundings in her environment and doesn't do anything extraordinary to make stuff look dead. Like, when she picks a girl up and swings her into the, to the guardrail, she swings him into a padded guardrail. She swings him into a plexiglass thing, something that is not dangerous. But it looks deadly still. Nia Jax needs to learn how to be deadly and not dangerous. Because if she becomes dangerous, she's going to really, really hurt somebody and probably get put in jail for it. Yeah. And even with Baszler, what's good about Baszler is that, you know, with her MMA background, she could really hurt somebody if she really wanted to. But she knows her own strengths. She knows she how to manipulate her moveset. And that's the thing is that Nia Jax needs to learn how to do is to manipulate the basic big person moveset and just be the best at it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say, Josh, you made a good point, though, uh, about WWE basically feeling like WWE is covering up a lot of Nia's mistakes. So my question to you is, who do you blame at this point, with this many cases, who do you blame more? Do you blame Nia Jax more, or do you blame the WWE? Um, I would say the, the, the WWE, because they're not really doing anything about it. So it's getting to the point that usually when the top, you know, when the higher-ups are not really doing anything about it, that is going to continue to happen. And the longer that they have her out there, then, you know, the sooner she's going to hurt somebody. So I think it's 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 on dumb. Like you could say it's both. Yes, it's definitely on both. But I would say it's more on it's all is more on the top office because they have a say in that. And it's just like you shouldn't be going out there if you cannot learn these moves. And that's what they're you know that's what pretty much they should be doing, but they're not doing that. So I think it's more on dumb. How about you, JJ? Yeah, I think also, I don't think, I, I would love to lean towards both. I'm going to lean towards both because, I mean, it's the company of the WWE that is employing her, that's allowing her to do these things. But it's also Nia Jax's unwillingness to learn. Yeah. Like, I, I, she's been in the brand for five years. Like, you can't be in a company for five years and tell me you don't know how to do basic bumps still. Like this, this is basic teaching. Like this is stuff that you you should you deserve to be accountable for. And if you can't be accountable for this, and you're gonna sit here and keep making these excuses or 
you're going to lash out at other reasons or just start making yourself a victim or however you would word it or however it would be put. Nia Jax needs some blame in this too, but she needs to be coached. She needs to be reprimanded. She needs to be, if she gets sent back to developmental, who is she getting sent back to developmental with? Who is training her? Who is with her? Is there somebody that's her status that can help her with her moveset and be safe with people that is going to be half her size? Everybody she fights is going to be half her size. She needs to learn how to live in the land of the giants when she's a giant. She's a giant. She needs to learn how to wrestle like one. So I guess the, the final question for us to answer is, should Nia Jax go back to developmental, or do you think that it's too little too late and that she should just be let go? Um, being let go, I mean, you know, you never want somebody to lose their job like that, but it's like it's getting to a point that, you know, I would I would say to give her another chance, you know, um, and I and I would and I would say that within this chance, if she can't get better, then that's when you let her go. I can agree with that, uh, JJ. And and I don't I think I do think that the W I think they should give her another chance at what she's doing, but I do think that she just needs to have a little bit more supervision and a little bit more extra detailing in her coaching in the ring like she needs she needs more guidance than she probably believes she needs yes. and i think it's just going back to the base she needs to really un- accept to go back to the basics before you can become advanced again five years doesn't make you an advanced wrestler five years probably just set her back some no it's true and then even on top of that she, you know she got on ronda you know for hurting alexa bliss but then yet even after she said that She's hurt Kyrie twice after that. So it's just like, uh, are you any better? And remind you, Ronda didn't even have any coaching in the performance center. So it was like, you could still even give Ronda a pass with that. Ronda you know, had a handful of money. Ronda was training while working. You know, and then you got some, and then she put, gave you your best match. <laughs> She gave yeah. you your best match. The, the one that you are going after gave you your best match in your career. Exactly. Like, I was going to say, my my only statement about the whole Nia Jax thing is that her mouth seems to get wider with every week with her foot getting shoved deeper and deeper down her throat for her words about our Lord and Savior, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> so... We got to move on to week 33 of the Wednesday Night War. This is some of you guys' favorite time of True Hill Heat, where we give you the ratings for the Wednesday Night War between AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. We don't have Chrissy to do the drum roll, so JJ, you want to take over for her? I don't have something to do the drum roll with. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't queue it up. Too bad, no worries. No drum rolls here. So, week 33 of the Wednesday Night War, it is AEW Dynamite with 730,000 viewers to WWE NXT's 715,000 viewers. Only 
15,000 viewers separate the two shows on WWE NXT. We had Chelsea Green firing Robert Stone. We had Brizango return and become number one contenders for the NXT tag team titles. And of course, what everybody is talking about, El Hero El Fantasma. I, I have a hard time saying his name. I, know, I just say Fantasma most of the time. Wins the NXT Cruiserweight title, defeating Drake Maverick in the finals. But yes, Drake Maverick gets his contract at the end of the day with WWE, completing that storyline. AEW Dynamite had uh, Cody versus Jungle Boy in the main event. A great matchup with Cody winning to defend the TNT Championship. Omega and Hangman defeated Havoc and Savian to defend the AEW World Tag Team titles. Uh, Chris Jericho defeats Colt Cabana and then is confronted by the baddest man on the planet, Orange Cassidy. And of course... (laughs) <laughs> FTR uh, spoke and are challenged by the Butcher and the Blade and like we said at the top of the show a great tribute to the Black Lives Matter uh, movement at the start of the show so the question we ask every week what was the better show for the week let's start with our guest Josh well I mean technically I only really watched a, um, Dynamite <laughs> so for me it's Dynamite for me by default <laughs> but um I mean, you know, it it it, it was a it, it was a solid show for me. Um, I thought the the tag title match was great. You know, um, you know, it's getting to a point that now I feel like every tag team title match is going to be great because Omega and Hangman they work so great together. Um, not only together, but they, you know, they make everyone else look good as well. So that was a great match. Um, the Cody and and um, Jungle Boy match was solid as well. I think um, Jack Perry, like he's he's gotten better. Like mm-hmm. he's really, really showing what he could really do. Um, as in, um, when it comes to the revolt, um, I look forward to that match as well. That's coming up. Um, I thought they had a good. I I thought like their segment was pretty good. Um, you know, nothing crazy. You know, I, I I see what they're doing. You know, they're trying to like start that slowly. But for me, it was a solid show. Um, well, I mean, in regards to NXT, um, yeah, when you said Chelsea fired this guy, I was like, damn, already? I felt like it was <laughs> such a short freaking time. I was like, what the, what the hell? But also with NXT, I mean, I really don't have to watch. It's getting to a point I'm like, do I really have to watch it at this point? Because nope. by takeover, it's like you already know what happened, like what happened within that time frame. Because there's no, their storylines are not really that, you know. I don't want to see invest uh, investing, but it's like you already know what already happened by the time takeover happened that is going on. Yeah, and the, the video package do a great job of summing up everything that you miss, so you really don't have to watch it all the time, week to week. Uh, JJ, how about you? What was the better show? Uh, AEW, and it's not, it's not even close for me. <laughs> this was not even this was not even close for me. And literally two words sums it up for me. Like I swear to God, I look forward to this seven minutes or eight minutes or whatever. Brit motherfucking Baker. Like Brit you know, Brit Baker. Wait, 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 wait. What do we call her here? Brit Baker. No, no, no. That's not her name. What do we call her? Goat Baker. Go you call her Goat Baker. I have to adapt that. I call her I call her my role model. <laughs> So, Goat Baker, the role model, might have to come off the tongue a little bit better. But my 
my, this woman is on fire. <laughs> like she's on fire. Like she, she literally is what good TV is all about, man. And as you mentioned, like the tag match was really great. Revolts, the FTR thing was, eh, man, it was okay. Um, it, it was kind of, kind of, kind of like you know the Cabana Jericho match wasn't awful. I thought it was gonna be really bad. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be really bad. Uh, Jungle Boy and Cody did deliver. They did. They they did do. Uh, they they listen. Overall, it was just honestly, it was a really really good show. It was solid for me. I was able to not have any bad memories of the show. But NXT. Drake Maverick and this this angle, I can't like I I called this was gonna be shit from the start. <laughs> and this epitomized my shit from the start. Like so, so, so they not only not let him win the cruiserweight championship, they turn his getting fired angle into him receiving a new fucking contract from and from from WWE and Triple H. Like so we're really doing that. We really did that. So we took the pandemic storyline and turned it into one lucky person getting a contract. NXT's whole cruiserweight storyline to me was fucking totally tasteless. It was full of it was straight garbage. It ended trash. The result was trash. I'm happy for Phantasma, and that is it. The rest of NXT can suck my balls until this is over. NXT, I'm fucking over it. Like I can't believe we had that shit for over a month. Ripping off New Japan's whole fucking brackets to give you that ending. That ending. Um, I I gave I gave NXT the nod last week as the better show on the on the back of the uh, the fight pit and how great that was and the blow off between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. They couldn't even make it back to back weeks. AEW was by far the better show to me last night. Uh, like you guys said, the tag team title match was so strong. It was a very strong match, a great way to start off the show. Uh, the main event with Cody and Jungle Boy was honestly my favorite matchup of the night between either show. They showed a lot of uh, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is just hot right now. Like between Yo, the I match with MJF and this one, he showed that he is one of the future stars of the AEW. I'm going to ask you a question real quick and you could continue. Do you think they're having like a selling contest as to who can sell? this crossroads better like who can sell the crossroads the best who's the best crossroads that, seller because they're having great, like a competition on this shit that was a great fucking it like sell it. it feels like it <laughs> like he spiked his head into the ground at and cody as um, some people will say all oh, the blood was unnecessary it added to it it's the first time he's defending the title it added to the match and the whole story of the match was it was about how Cody was so amped up for this matchup. He kept doing all of this during the matchup. He got so, so, like, amped up about it, he headbutted the fucking wall. Like, that was the, that, 
that needed to happen. That was a yeah. part of the whole story of the matchup. So if you dealt the blood was unnecessary, it was necessary for the whole point of the match. So I love that part about it. I love the uh, Jericho, uh, the whole inner circle with uh, best friends and Orange Cassidy. I love that starting off. Uh, Sammy Guevara is an MVP. He's the MVP of AEW every single week. All this man has to do is sing Judas, and he will be one of the MVPs of AEW every single week. Uh, I even like the Tully Blanchard promo on Sean Spears. That was interesting, and it it made it actually, and that was one of the points. Like I, I, I feel like fans, it goes over their heads a lot. AEW listens to us. What was the one thing everybody said was the worst part of Double or Nothing? The whole Sean Spears angle. They actually said, okay, that was the worst part. This is our answer to it. Tully Blanchard is going to light a fire under Sean Spears. Tully Blanchard is back. He's cutting great promos. And we're going we're gonna to re-amp Sean Spears again. AEW, I just, I just, I have to give it credit for it. It just always seems like they, they care about us. Because even uh, something that I found out listening to Wrestling Observer with Uncle Dave, the original plan for next week with the TNT title, uh, a title, title match was actually supposed to be Cody versus Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix is not medically cleared yet. So they literally went through every part of this tape show. They only missed one part where they did say that Phoenix was going to verse the TNT champion next week during the matchup. But they went through every part of the show that had a mention of Phoenix, and they edited out to replace it with Mark Quinn, which is the new person that's going to be versing the TNT champion. Like, that just attention to detail and caring about us, the viewers, is why AEW is as hot as it is right now. NXT was a good show, in my opinion. I really liked the main event. The main event with the finish, it, it took the story of Phantasma with the Lucha Kidnappers and mixed it with the with the Drake the Drake uh, Maverick storyline. I like the whole ending. It was kind of like kind of like uh, the Cedric Alexander thing in the CWC. Exactly uh, why I didn't like it. Yeah, that was exactly why I didn't like it. But I, I totally agree with JJ. It's just tasteless to use the firing of over 40 different employees to create the storyline for a guy from the minute that his promo was aired on NXT. I was like, he's re-signing with the company. Like, like it, I don't know if they gave him the contract after the first match, after the second match, after the third match. We knew he he had to know going into this match that he was going to get the contract at the end because he signed that contract without looking it over, which I would not advise to anyone watching this. Don't do that shit. So, <laughs> so, so, no numbers, no years, no, no, nobody to look it over. Here, 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 I'm here. That shit could have said 10,000 a year. <laughs> and we'll talk about we'll talk about some of the contracts that the WWE release talent are getting shortly. But I I like that part of it, the uh, prime target stuff with the women for the NXT title uh, NXT women's title match on Sunday was really good. The men's part was not, but we'll get into that and how I feel about that whole matchup in a bit. But that's what I felt about uh, NXT and AEW this week. So for you, the viewers, I know you guys enjoy us telling you what was the better show for the week but
But we will, once again, Romeo Anthony Cologne has a new series with one of our other True Hill contributors that is going to allow you to be the deciding factor of whether AEW or NXT was the better show for the week. So stay tuned to the end of the show when we announce that new series. So WWE news that we also got a note of. I'll run through this very quickly. I'll get some of your thoughts on a couple of these. Uh, The new free WWE Network is launched this week as our Raw Talk returned on the free WWE Network. Wrestling Observer reports that the released WWE superstars are now being offered new contracts from the company for a fraction of what they were previously making. What do you think about that, Josh? Um, I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, doesn't It doesn't make any sense at all because it's like, why would you release them in the first place then? You're going to offer them new contracts for less or money? I wouldn't take it. I totally agree with you there. Wrestling Observer also reports that Matt Riddle will not be the only NXT call-up in the near future as Dominic Dijakovic is rumored to be coming to Monday Night Raw as well as Chelsea Green. The reasoning behind her firing Robert Stone is that she's also been rumored to be called up to the main roster. PW Insider reports that Visick Man has sent out a company email detailing WWE's dedication and support for diversity. How do you feel about that, JJ? Wow. Wow. A fucking email? A fucking email. Suck my dick. It's a fucking email? Like, are you fucking serious? A fucking email? So hey. I don't even know what your expressions are. I don't know how I don't know how sincere this shit is. I don't see you looking at me in my face and telling me that you got my back and you love me as a person. I get a fucking email. You can suck my dick with your email and stick that shit all the way up your fucking ass. A fucking email. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. This is why True Hill Heat is not made for kids. Uh, Robert Gronkowski uh, has uses a release clause to get out of his WWE contract so he can focus on his return to the NFL as he lost to R-Truth on, Mon- on Monday Night Raw to lose the 24-7 title. Kurt Angle has reportedly uh, is reportedly in negotiations to sign a new contract with WWE and uh, reportedly turned down an offer to be Matt Riddle's manager on the main roster. Speaking of managers, MVP has transitioned from a backstage role to on-screen talent, uh, on-screen talent due to his success with his partnership with Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw. WWE writer Chris DeJoseph has been released from the company due to inappropriate comments made during a backstage meeting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Speaking of writers, Drew McIntyre confirms that he gets approval to cut unscripted promos on Monday Night Raw. So very big ups to him. They seem to be very behind Drew, which I like. Uh, Developmental talent was reportedly not happy at all with the very long hours for TV tapings for WWE over the past week. WWE also reportedly took temperature checks for all talent at full sale and then had a shuttle transfer for talent to the PC. Apparently, one of the days of the taping started at about 11 a.m. and had them there well past 10 p.m. in the evening. And finally, for WWE News, Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis announces phase two plans to open up concert halls for social gatherings at 50% capacity, which would allow uh, for WWE and AEW to run live events for the fans in Florida. 
And we talked about this earlier. We get to AEW news. Linda Hogan uh, puts out a derogatory tweet in reference to all looters being Afro-American, which causes AEW president Tony Khan to respond, revealing that Hulk Hogan is banned from, from AEW events, and now Linda is as well. Uh, Arn Anderson signs a new multi-year deal with AEW, so congrats to Arn. And they um, officially announced on AEW Dynamite that AEW Fighter Fest will take place over two nights on Wednesday, July 1st and Wednesday, July 8th. I already announced our uh, John Moxley versus Brian Cage for the AEW World Title, as well as Omega and Hangman versus the best friends for the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Josh, what do you? Uh, what was your thoughts on uh, Fighter Fest not being a live special, but rather being a special Dynamite? Um, I think it's good. You know, it's very, uh, it's pretty unique, just because last year it was on YouTube. You know, um, I I'm okay with it. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm more intrigued to see what they come up with since it's a, you know, it's a two, you know, it's a two, you know, it's a two day event. You know, I think it was back to back. Right. So it'd be like one week and then the next week after. Yeah, they're going to tape it over July. The the July 1st one is going to be live. And then the July they're going to film the July 8th edition on July 2nd. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm, you know, I'm just, you know. I'm just looking forward to see what they do with those two days because you know you're not going to get the same matches, you know, back to back. You're not going to get the same people. So who knows? You know, I look forward to it. I agree with you, and I'm very interested to see how NXT counteracts that for sure. Uh, we move on to Impact Wrestling news, and Impact Wrestling was very prevalent in the news this week. Uh, on Impact Wrestling TV, we had Ace Austin defeat Trey to win the number one contenders tournament. But what everybody is talking about is an interesting teaser, a preview package for Impact Slammiversary, which had a gentleman with a hoodie, which seemingly was to like hint at the SmackDown hacker, which teases the arrival of one or more recent WWE releases. The person in the hoodie was watching a news report which reported that over 20 different uh, WWE uh, WWE talent had been released during the pandemic. And then there was images of EC3, Eric Young, Rockstar Spud, Gallows and Anderson, Mike and Maria Kanellis, and a Bulgarian flag to represent Rusev. Uh, and, it, and it teases that one or more of these releases will arrive in Impact Wrestling or at least uh, show up at Impact Slammiversary. What are your thoughts on that, Top Guy JJ? Uh, I mean, teasers, teasers. I, I am just the component of being surprised. I'm just into the component. I love being surprised. If you know that about me, like I... The, the, the shock value to me has gone down so much that now it turns into anticipation instead of it being like, oh, shit, like, where the fuck was I when, when he came through the curtain? Now it's like, oh, he didn't even come out, but, but they were saying he was. So it, it was, it, 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 I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of the, the, the speculations, and I'm not a fan of the, I'm, I, I just haven't been a big fan of any of this stuff at all. To tell you the truth, because I want to be surprised. I want to be shocked. I want somebody to come through there and be like, oh, shit, I had no memory. I had no knowledge of this. I want them to come through and shock pop me. Well, you have to build. I the want a shock pop, damn for, it! For for a person, for people like Impact Wrestling, no one would be watching if they didn't build anticipation to it. 
So we are going to be surprised with the way they did it. I think we are going to be surprised with who it is that shows up. But you have to build anticipation I because, be especially wrong. with Impact, no one watches it. So I no one would be, be watching. I want to be wrong, but I, I'm a, I, I want a shock pop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand where JD is coming from because you always want that. You always want to be shocked. You always want to be surprised. Like last, you know, like like last last week when the Evolve show up, I didn't expect that, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like they're really on dynamite right now. Yeah. So I I completely understand where JD is coming from, but I also get where Sid is saying what what Sid is saying because somewhere like Impact does need that you know they need that yeah. attention. Okay. And, you know, which, which, you know, which, like I said, you know, that I understand because they would, something like that, they would need more. Um, with the teaser itself, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I thought the way they did it was, was nicely done. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think it's Gallows and Anderson, to be honest with you. I, I think they're going back to New Japan. Um as in, like, who I think it is, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Eric Young. I wouldn't be surprised by that. I think I think Eric Young is a strong possibility. I also, um, I also am intrigued by the fact that they showed the Bulgarian flag because, like everybody else, they had their footage from their time in Impact Wrestling. I, I will say, if they land Rusev or Miro or whatever the fuck he calls himself on on social media, that would be huge. That would be huge, but they got to do it. But I just said, like, yo, that could be a that could be a, a something that would be able to give us our fourth wrestling program. That would give us the fourth brand, and that would be amazing because, because like, I think everybody is bleeding for New Japan to come back. I think everybody is dying for this shit to come, like, dying. Yeah, <laughs> I think we we can all agree there. Uh, MLW news: uh, Alexander Hammerstone has now reached uh, one year as MLW National Openweight Champion. ROH news: They have a new series on YouTube called ROH Week by Week. And other new, uh, wrestling news: The Gathering Two has been postponed until July 2021. And a very interesting uh, of. Online battle, social media battle, as Tammy Cinch, aka Sunny, has been going off on rants all over social media, most notably calling rioters animals, which causes several arguments with fans, as well as Impact Knockouts champion uh, Jordan Grace. I think, Josh, you know a little bit more about this subject than me, so what was your thoughts? Um, I thought it was, like, totally entertaining. In a, in a sense, because it was like, man, she's here. She is again, ripping herself apart. Um, all the fans gave it to her. I love that. Um, I loved um, Jordan's response to it. You know, she really didn't give her no attention at all. Like, not at all. And that's why I loved, you know, that's why I love Jordan. Um, she handles herself really well. You know, when she said, you know, she mentioned something about like, oh, can't wait to see you in the convention. Like, you're fat ass. And she was like, oh, you know, I look forward to seeing you, too. I love meeting my fans. You know? <laughs> I, thought it was a, I thought it was a great response. Because, like, knowing Jordan from working with her, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's definitely a response she was going to give. And I think she made, like, another response to that. Like, oh, like, yeah, I really think I'm going to be mad over 
her calling me fat and over like you really think I'm gonna be mad over that? I was just like I graduated from middle school a long time ago, and then all you see from Sunny is like she made like five tweets after that going off, and then she's going off by somebody. She's going off by somebody just making um, what what was it? False claims about oh Jordan got somebody fired from Impact, but it was like. <laughs> You're, you don't even know if this shit is true, and then you're going off by that? Like, come on. Like, fuck out of here. It got exactly. to the point, I think, now she made, like, her, her profile private. So now you yeah. can't even see <laughs> anything from it. It was like, but overall, I mean, I thought like, Jordan handled herself great. Like, that's why I love her. Straight Absolutely. clout chasing. That was, that was <laughs> basically the Sonny was after the clout. Sonny was yeah. straight chasing the clout. And Jordan was and Jordan gave it a Heisman pose said, "Curb that shit, curb that shit." Yep. I, I, I'll see you at the autograph signing, boo. <laughs> now, I, I I totally agree with you guys. Great response by Jordan, one hundred percent. So finally, we move on to our final segment where we gotta talk about NXT Takeover in your house. This Sunday, NXT Takeover returns. It's the first NXT Takeover since February. Wow, just uh, the the time just goes by way too fast. Uh, the NXT Takeover for uh, Tampa had to be rescheduled, so this is the first Takeover, and they're bringing back the In Your House uh, name for the first time since 1999. Wow, just a really long time. We got the old school logo and a pretty decent card as well. At the bottom of the card, we'll start there. Just named last night after a very, I would just call, a very overbooked opening segment to NXT. But uh, this was the reason why they had to make this six-woman tag team matchup as it's going to be the team of Tegan Knox teaming up with Shotzi Blackheart and Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae, Raquel Gonzalez, and Dakota Kai. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez has been feuding with Tegan Knox and uh, Shotzi Blackheart for the n- past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, of course, the whole that whole rivalry started when Dakota Kai turned her back on Tegan Knox all the way back at War Games in last November. Mia Yim and Candice LeRae have been uh, back and forth in a little bit of a sparring matchup as far as uh, promos with their significant others, Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, which we'll talk about shortly. So who you got in this one? Team Tegan versus Team Candice. Candice, we'll start with Top Guy JJ. I'll go with Team Candice on this one. You got to throw her a bone. You know, she, she's been trying to be a heel. She's been trying. So, you know, you're <laughs> going to give her a bone on this match. You know, they're going to give her a little bone on this match because they've been trying. They've been trying. Go ahead, Candice. You got this one, boo-boo. Trying their darnest. Josh? Um, I'm going with Team um, Tegan. Um, you know, as you know, Shotzi and you know, me and him, you know, they were both um, Battle Club Pro alumni. So, yes. along with that team. Nice. Nice. I like the biasness. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Fuck I, I want to go with the Battle Club, uh, the Battle Club Pro fam as well. But I got to go. I got to go with my mind because JJ will always brag next week that he got it right and I didn't. So, I'm going to go with uh, Team Candice to get the victory here. So, next up, we got... One-on-one, it is Finn Balor going one-on-one with 
Damian Priest. This all started when Finn Balor was attacked in his locker room prior to his matchup with Velveteen Dream. Over the next couple of weeks, he called out whoever attacked him, and it was revealed to be Damian Priest, who attacked him with a nightstick in his matchup with Can- uh, Cameron Grimes, which cost him the match, and this match has been named. Damian Priest wants his name to live forever, so he has to take out one of NXT's pioneers. So who you got? Balor versus Priest. Let's start with you, Josh. Um, I think Finn is probably going to go over. Um, Priest needs it more, but I'll, I'll probably just go with Finn. I think that's the safe bet at this point. JJ? This is probably the most least interesting match I've ever seen on a takeover, but I'm going to go with Finn Balor. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with uh, both of you guys. Priest needs it a lot more, but there's just no, like, juice or momentum behind this matchup. So I think... I think you guys are right. I think Balor gets the victory here. This one is one of the more anticipated matchups for this In Your House card. And is, it is the TakeOver debut of Karrion Cross. With Scarlett Bordeaux as he goes one-on-one with one of the pillars of NXT, Tommaso Ciampa. It was Karrion Cross and Scarlett who sat outside of the building in which Ciampa and Gargano had their one final beat. And then the following week when Ciampa wanted to say to Johnny that he was the better man, it was Karrion Cross that attacked him from behind. Uh, Ciampa returned to NXT calling Cross special and challenging him to this matchup at In Your House. This Sunday is going to be special, has been the tagline for this matchup. So who you got? Cross versus Ciampa, JJ. Um, let me ask you, is this the first time a takeover is taking place on a Sunday? No, the last, uh, the one in February took place on a Sunday. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why I randomly thought about that right now. But I think this is definitely, in my opinion, I think this is going to be the match of the night. This is going to be the match of the night right here. And I do see Karrion Cross taking this one. I do see Karrion taking this one, probably in not non-controversial fashion, but I see Karrion having a big, strong debut because he will be pushed to become the next NXT champion. Josh? Um, I agree with JJ. I think it's going to be cross. And, um, I, you know, this is the match I look forward to the most. Um, is it going to be the best match? I have no idea, but... I mean, you know, being a big Cross fan, you know, the way he left Impact, I think this is a huge, you know, this is a huge moment for him mm-hmm. in general. So I yeah. think, I, I, you know, if if they know, if WWE knows, if they know what they got, you know, I think I think this will be a strong win from him. And then from here, all you got to do is just build him up like that. I got to agree with both of you guys. This is, I won't, I won't only say that this is very important to Cross. This is very important to the future of NXT because I feel like Cross is that guy who they can build like the next year and a half of NXT around. And I feel like he needs this victory. And this would be like the stamp that he needed to, to prove that he is a future star for the brand. Yes. So next up, we have in my eyes. By far is going to be the best match on the show. 
The NXT North American Championship is on the line as Keith Lee defends against Johnny Gargano. It was Johnny Gargano that called out Keith Lee on his dinner with the Garganos, basically uh, saying that Keith Lee was riding his coattails and he w- there wouldn't be no NXT without Johnny. Uh, Keith responded with his dinner with Mia Yim, and now we have this one-on-one matchup of two of the biggest stars in NXT for the North American Championship, Johnny Gargano tries to regain it while Keith Lee tries to defend it. Who you got, top guy JJ? Well, that's a strong proclamation of the best match of the night. I mean, it's going to be a damn good one, though. I am, I'm going to go with Keith Lee retaining. I'm going to go with. I don't think it's that much of a stretch since Johnny Gargano, like. Yeah, Gargano. He's Mr. Takeover. He's Mr. Takeover. I get it. He's Mr. Takeover. I get it. I get it. I'm just he's Mr. Takeover. I get it. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Keith Lee to retain in a very stellar match. I'm gonna go with Keith Lee to retain. This is gonna be a very good one as well, but I do see Keith Lee barely pulling this one out. Josh? Yeah, uh, this match I think it's for me it's up in the air. Um I'm gonna go I wanna lean towards Lee. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'll go with, with Keith Lee. Um, would it be the best match of the night? Possibly, to be honest with you. Um, I, me, personally, I think the best match would be the triple threat match for the women's NXT title. But um, um, this match, you know, both guys could work, so you already know we're going to get. Um, but I think it's going to be Lee. I got to agree with uh, Josh like this and the next match we're going to talk about is by in my eyes are the two matches that stand out the most as they're going to be great. Like no matter what those matches are, these two matches are going to be great. Uh, And I also agree that this is the, this is the match that the outcome doesn't seem as foreshadowed or as clear as all the other matches. So I'm going to go different from you guys and I'm going to go with Gargano. I think they're going to continue his heel run and him defeating Keith Lee. They established that Keith Lee is going into this matchup with two injuries to uh, to his hand, as well as uh, Johnny stabbed him in the eye with car keys. Even though Keith Lee, I don't criticize Keith Lee much and I didn't even criticize him for his tweet, but he did the worst job ever to sell an eye injury that I've ever seen in my goddamn life. You had yeah. John Moxley early this year get stabbed on like the second week of January. He had an eye patch until the end of February. Keith Lee gets stabbed in the eye with car keys. He stopped selling after two minutes. I'm sorry. Keith, get it together. Get it together. But <laughs> I think this match is... I think this match is going to be great, but I got Johnny Gargano getting the victory. And next up is the match that I that I I wouldn't I wouldn't deny you if you said this is going to be the best match of the night as is a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship as the Queen Charlotte Flair defends against the former champion Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. This matchup, of course, was born out of the one-on-one matchup between uh, Charlotte and Rhea from WrestleMania 36. In my opinion, the best in-ring matchup of WrestleMania weekend. 
and uh, Charlotte has been on NXT kind of running roughshod, kind of being her nose up in the air, saying that she made NXT, and how dare the fans say that she don't go here because she made here, and uh, Rhea Ripley trying to get back to the mountaintop after her great 2019-2020 has not been what it's what it's been sorted out to be, and then Io Shirai trying to live up to all the anticipation. She's been called one of the best pound-for-pound wrestlers in the world, male or female so finally can she win the nxt women's championship so josh we'll start out with you um i'm gonna go with eo i think uh, but also i think this match will determine if she stays with the company or not because because you know she is you know her contract is coming up and i think that this will determine for me at least i think it will determine if she's if she's going to I think she she would need it the most, of course. Um, I like I said before, it is going to be the best match tonight, in my opinion. Um, but I'm gonna go with EO on this one. JJ. Wow, yeah, this is this is definitely gonna be a good one. I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley winning the match here. I'm gonna go with Rhea Ripley beating EO Shirai, so it can <laughs> so it can keep the storyline going. With Charlotte and Rhea because Rhea never beat Charlotte. I mean, we're not we're not talking about the Survivor Series shit. <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about the Survivor Series bullshit. I, I, honestly, I forgot the Survivor I, Series. I do see the storyline continuing Thanks. with with Rhea and Charlotte. So it would be, I think, it would be sensible for me to see Rhea Ripley become the NXT Women's Champion again. Unfortunately, beating Io Shirai because I am a huge fan of Io Shirai's, but you know, I think this story is not calling for Io Shirai to take it to the next season. I I could have saw Rhea winning this at before the prime target that aired on NXT last night. They they pretty much kind of made the picture clear on what Rhea's arc is. It's all about her going deeper and deeper into the slide before she rises up again. So I don't see Rhea winning here. So really, it comes down to Charlotte and uh, Io Shirai I, going in. I wanted to say Charlotte wins because I feel like uh, Rhea and Charlotte are going to have another one-on-one matchup, and that's where Rhea finally gets the victory over Charlotte. But Josh made... An excellent point. Uh, if the one thing we have seen since January 2019 and the threat of AEW is that when WWE has a talent that's contract is about to expire, they win a championship. So Io Shirai will be the new NXT Women's Champion. And, and it even goes to our, our latest NXT call-up. Matt Riddle's contract is about to expire. He gets called up to SmackDown. So we're seeing more and more of this. Anytime someone's contract is about to expire, they get WWE is like, here, here, look, 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 we gave you something. We gave you, we gave you, here, here, here. So. Yeah. And it, even, your when ball. It, yeah even when it comes to EO, I mean, because if they resign her, she's going to resign for another five years. And who knows if she's going to make that commitment because, you know, she's been wanting to go back home because, you know, her fiance lives there, you know. And she's been homesick, so who knows where her mindset is at when it comes to that. And then the recent, you know, the all the stuff with Hana Kimura, I know it probably makes her want to even go back home even more, for sure. So, finally, we have, I guess they're calling this the main event. I guess. 
Um, so for the NXT Championship, it's going to be a backlot brawl as Adam Cole, after reaching 365 days as NXT Champion, the greatest NXT Champion of all time, defends against the Velveteen Dream. This all started uh, way back when, in September of, uh, of 2019, at the beginning of NXT on USA, as it was Roddy Strong defeating Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship, and then a couple of weeks later, it was the Undisputed Era taking out Velveteen Dream, injuring his back. Velveteen Dream would return prior to the uh, the last takeover, and um, seemingly it seemed like Velveteen Dream was being positioned as the next guy to take down Adam Cole, but then we saw him wrestle, and he hasn't been looking very pretty. Velveteen Dream has looked pretty rusty in matches against Roger Strong, Bobby Fish, and even his previous matchup with Adam Cole, where Adam Cole defeated him. And now, uh, after a, uh, a Zoom call between Commissioner Regal, as uh, GM Regal, and Adam Cole, it has been decided that this match needs to take place in a special environment, the Backlot Brawl. But if the Velveteen Dream loses, he will never get a shot at the NXT Championship as long as Adam Cole is champion. So who you got? Cole versus Dream. Let's start with you, Josh. Uh, I'm probably going to go with Cole. Um I really don't. There has not really been no momentum for for Dream, and it's been for a while. So, I mean, I really don't. I really don't see Dream taking it. Um, I'm just gonna stick with Cole. Okay. <laughs> Understandably so. <laughs> Who you got, JJ? I hate this so much. I want. <laughs> I, I, I hate that. When I mean, I want to be wrong in the wrongest of ways possible. This is, I believe, WWE stance. And makes the Velveteen Dream the NXT champion. And say we stand behind our people. <laughs> I can see them doing that. <laughs> like, You're not even thinking that. Like, <laughs> I'm mortified by thinking about this. And that is the call that I'm going with right now. And my gut is telling me that they're going to make the Velveteen Dream the new NXT champion. And close out NXT in your house with that moment. I I have to agree with JJ. I want to go. I want to agree with Josh so bad. Adam Cole is the guy right now. There's there's nobody in the waiting right now. Uh, I said prior to us recording this, Champa was in a great position to be the guy to beat Cole at the last takeover. But I just don't have that feeling with Velveteen Dream. But I also have the feeling that WWE is dead set on Velveteen Dream being the next NXT champion, regardless of their mom- of the momentum behind him, regardless of if he's rusty or not. They just seem dead set on this. And then JJ put the cherry on top of that Sunday by saying that this is WWE's stamp in the ground that Black Lives Matter. So I can totally That's see it. Forget. It's going to make everyone forget what WWE did. It's going to be just another way of, you know, does everyone giving, him a, giving them a pass on this? <laughs> exactly their way. Yes. Yes, and that's why when when you said it, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah!" Like I didn't think about it until you just said, it. "I was like, oh fuck." But <laughs> I mean, I, I'll stick with Cole. Fuck it. I'll stick- <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, yo, I kind of I want to be wrong because I know this would be the most insensitive title victory ever. 
like they're doing it because of they feel they're obligated to, not because they feel he's deserving. And I just see WWE's mark all over this shit, like all over it. Ah, uh, I, I can't, I can't say you're wrong at all. I love to say you're wrong, but I can't say you're wrong at all here. <laughs> so that wraps up the uh, preview and predictions for NXT Takeover in your house. And as a thank you to you guys for our 500 subscribers for the month of May, we are going to be doing two live streams in the month of June. And first, that kicks off with NXT TakeOver in your house. It will be me along with Romeo Anthony Cologne. We're going to go live and we're going to watch. We're going to go through. We're going to watch at least the NXT Women's Championship match as well as the NXT Championship match live with you guys right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. Uh, uh, other plugs for our lineup. We have our first Dark Side of the Ring Season 1 review for the match made in heaven with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and Top guy jj and episode two for the montreal screw job will be out this tuesday true rewind episode five is the review of in your house number three triple header and we'll be back with true rewind episode six this monday a new edition of dark power and smackdown with the lynches is up now and ae recap will return either this weekend or next weekend. Jimmy has been in sabbatical, but he's going to be back to join us. But that's not the only time of the other week. We will be talking about the Wednesday Night War as premiering today or or uh, or whenever you are watching this. <laughs> uh, right now on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel is our very new series, Wednesday Night Warriors with Romeo Anthony Cologne and the, ho and the host, or co-host of Jab Joints and Jabronis and Blunt Impact, Chris G. He calls it his promotion in the True Hill Heat YouTube channel world. As every week, Chris and Romeo will review AEW Dynamite and, NX and WWE NXT and decide what was the better show. But as well as you, the viewers of True Hill Heat, will be involved in that as well. As we will have polls on the True Hill Heat Facebook page, as well as the True Hills group page every single week where you get to vote. What was the better show for the week? And Romeo and Chris will include your, your poll results in the outcome for what was the better show as we will have a scoreboard every week on what was better, AEW Dynamite or WWE NXT. Josh, I want to thank you so much for joining us. You you brought a lot to this episode. We definitely enjoy your insight. You are a true wrestling fan as well as a true heel. So we definitely enjoyed having you on. Anything that you would like to plug or anywhere they can find you on social media so you can let them know right now. I mean, on social media, you can find me on Instagram, um, jmpunk321. Same thing on Twitter. Um, Facebook, you can also... Check out some of my artwork um, on Facebook.com slash Josh Marrera Art. Um, but besides that, you know, thank you for having me on. This was really fun. So, you know, I look forward, you know, to coming back. Absolutely. This will be this is just the first time. The first time of many, I am sure. We we gotta come hard though to top this one because we unpacked a lot on this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yep. <laughs> JJ, tell them where they can find you online, good brother. Uh, on Instagram, I'm TrueHill underscore Top Guy. JJ at Facebook, I'm simply Justin Johnson. 
God, it better not take another 77 motherfucking episodes to get your ass back on, on here. I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> It, it, it's been it's been a pleasure having you on, bro, and it's it's good to have three brothers on here to share some insights. That's just not pure, like fanboy shit, and I and I, I love it, and I, I love the fact that there's dialogue in there, and you brought a lot to it, so I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. So uh, you can find me on Instagram at True Hill underscore Epic SP3. You can follow True Hill Heat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True Hill Heat. Of course, there's the True Hills group page. You could become a part of that, and we will definitely mention you on the True Hills roll call. And of course, push the subscribe button, uh, push the like button for this video. We've been getting so much great feedback to the True Hill Heat YouTube. YouTube channel so we def- definitely thank you for that as well as on all your podcast platforms anchor itunes apple apple playlist whatever it is that you listen to podbean you can listen to true hill heat you don't have to see our beautiful faces or ugly faces whatever your opinion is <laughs> you could just listen to our voices and listen to all the great content because right here on true hill heat is all about unfiltered opinions by wrestling fans for wrestling fans just like you. So, for our resident True Hill alcoholic, Top Guy JJ, for our very special guest, Hill Morera, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. And of I got, course, I got one more thing. Um, somebody wants to say hi real quick. Hi. Hey. Well, hello. Hey. <laughs> oh my God, this show would have been so much fluffier and it would have been so much more pleasant. I know. Oh. So, we got, that was one of the truest, the truest faces in in the wrestling community. That is Wendy. Wendy is the 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 queen to Josh. So thank you for Wendy. Uh, we gotta tell people stay tuned to the final seconds so you can see Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, guys, once again, like this video, subscribe. So, for Josh, for Wendy, for J- Top Guy JJ, and especially shout out to Miss Chrissy Love. We appreciate what you're doing out there. You can follow Miss Chrissy at M- Miss Chrissy Love, the sensational Miss Chrissy Love. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3 for True Hill Heat 77 until True Hill Heat 78. Signing off until next time.